0: Welcome to the Ayn Rand Center UK's The Daily Objective. I'm Michael Liebowitz, and I'm joined today by the great James Valiant. And we're going to discuss the absolute mess that the Republicans in the United States have got themselves into. So let's just jump right in. Jim, what are your thoughts?
1: (laughs) Wow, wow, wow. You know, when it began yesterday and the Speaker of the House, McCarthy, said, yeah, we're gonna let this vote happen. I figured, because he's the Speaker of the House and he can control anything that comes to the floor or stop anything from going to the floor. His confidence in just letting it happen without any delays suggested to me that he was confident that he had the votes, that he could do it. But no, he did, as it turns out, he very much did not and eight Republicans. Now get this, the Republicans have a very narrow, I mean, there's 435 people in the House of Representatives. It takes 200 and something, obviously, to have a majority. This guy's got a four-seat majority. If he loses five Republicans, he can't get something passed. It's that narrow uh, a majority. He barely got in. Now, Nancy Pelosi, years ago, changed the rule. The normal rule was that any member of the House could call for a no confidence vote on the Speaker. Nancy Pelosi said no, it takes the majority of that party's conference. In other words, to to put her to to this, when she was Speaker, up to, to what McCarthy just did, it would have taken a majority of Democrats to say, no, let's even have this. McCarthy changed that rule when he came in. He said, all it takes is one of you all to complain about this. And then the Republicans have to huddle, go to a huddle and decide who the speaker is. Well, he changed that rule. He let it happen. And there has been a guy, of course, Matt Gates has been gunning for him. And it's a personal, I think it's a personal vendetta thing. He's been gunning for him. And he got seven of his Republican colleagues. And of course, Five or more is all you needed. And goodbye McCarthy. And McCarthy says, okay, it's all yours now. Now, will anything, do I think that the Republican establishment is full of compromising, unprincipled pragmatists? Yes. Do I think that the budget is completely out of control? Yes. Do I think that some of these uh, uh, Freedom Caucus Republicans are correct in terms of McCarthy is willing to sell the farm when doing uh, negotiations? All that is a separate question. My question to Mr. Gates would be, do you think that in reality anything is going to be different? He still has a Democrat Senate and a Democrat president that they have to negotiate with. All they've done is procedurally delay themselves from doing anything. I don't see any practical results from this other than to communicate to the world that this party is dysfunctional, one, because at some point they'll have a speaker. Um, They're discussing Steve Scalise, the majority leader. He was, remember the guy shot in that congressional baseball game. Uh, Jim Jordan say, Uh, uh, you know, there are other really interesting candidates they've got. And I think they'll find one quickly and put him in there and it won't be much different than McCarthy. So I don't think at the end of the day there's really any practical results other than this personal vendetta And gets wanting to get his name or Gates, to get his name in the headlines. So Congressman Gates, you get a big uh, uh, headline for you, which will hurt you with some and help you with others. Uh, But that's what you were after is the personal glory. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really change the way things are. The legislation is going to pan out at the end of the year, um, frankly.
0: To me, I can sum up this entire thing in one word, hypocrisy. And I will go back to January sixth and Kevin McCarthy, you know, frantic on the telephone with Donald Trump. He was a mess, as were others. You know, I'm not, not begrudging him that. But then a few days later, a picture appeared all of a sudden with him and he's shaking hands and you know, slapping backs with Donald Trump. And he basically bent down and kissed the ring of the Donald because he thought that would be politically expedient for him. Well, not so much, it turns out. But then the the thing I found interesting about this is one of the big gripes that these eight Republicans have with McCarthy is that he relied on Democrats to pass legislation. But hold on. They relied on 210 Democrats. It was only them eight. So what was it, Uh, uh, 208 Republicans or 210 Republicans, something like that, voted to keep McCarthy. An overwhelming majority of Republicans wanted to keep McCarthy. So these eight sided with the Democrats to get rid of him. Then we have the Democrats. (laughs) Always. You have to pass these bills, these institutions. We have to govern. We were here to send here for the American people, blah, blah, blah. They know what's going to happen as a result of this. They know the chaos that's going to ensue. The government can shut down. I think it's 40 days or 45 days if they don't get legislation passed because they've only got that stopgap in that McCarthy hey, only a couple negotiate. of weeks. even. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you can't get somebody in there, well, what's going to happen then? But the Democrats, for political reasons, sit back and. OK, so you're all a bunch of hypocrites. And Jim, this reminds me, I hear a lot of objectivists. It's a sort of like a, a, a slogan. Government is a necessary good. And it's in response to the founders, Thomas Paine. I think George Washington said government's a necessary evil. A lot of libertarians say it. And I think that it, it would be better said that government is necessary and it could be good. It, but it's not necessary. Oh, yet seen. No, we well, that's the whole thing. I mean, government. if we're talking about honest conceptualizations of concretes, we've never seen this. We've never seen a government operate the way that it's
1: supposed to be. Well, we've never seen a perfect government, but we have seen good government in the United States. That is to say, there have been lots of instances where I'd say that there was good justice that was done. Now, has our government done all kinds of bad stuff? Has there ever been a a government that hasn't gone corrupt and done evil things? No, of course not. And let me put it this way. I am not one who normally is in favor of the smooth operation of the legislative system. Oh, neither. If they can be dysfunctional and not pass laws, I think on ballots would be better off. But it. there are certain things. So if, when people say, "Well, this is gridlock, this is going to slow things down, I, I send up a cheer. Anything that slows them down is a good thing. I don't want them to be efficient and effective. <laughs> but on the other hand, you make a really great point about hypocrisy. So Gates and his friends say, McCarthy, you're such a sinner because you work and willing to negotiate with the Democrats and then to get rid of McCarthy they have to go against 90% of their own guys and work with all the Democrats and to accomplish what? And to accomplish what? Someone Love like it. Scalise or Jim Jordan is going to come in there and he's pretty much going to be the same. And the legislative outcomes are going to be pretty much the same. But of course, Matt Gates gets his headline, like I say, and the Democrats are doing it, of course, because now they can say, ha, 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 look how dysfunctional they are and yes. distract with other headlines rather than spending being the issue, or Biden, President Biden's family corruption being the issue, or uh, uh, crime being the issue, or the economy or inflation being the issue. Democrats just love political dysfunction taking over the headlines because Biden is apparently doing very, very poorly in the polls right now. And so they want distraction from all the other issues, frankly. Has many other issues, including Biden's inability to complete a sentence. <laughs> they want distraction from all those other issues. And lo and behold, the, Demo- the Republicans are just dumb enough, as usual, to give them just that opportunity. Um, does it show dysfunctional government? Yeah. Uh, am I normally in favor of uh, somewhat dysfunctional government? Yeah, I mean, all things being equal, (laughs) but in this case, all it is is grandstanding, showboating uh, that uh, can only delay. uh, The government will shut down. These people are going to pass budgets, uh, and all it can do is delay the inevitable. It seems to me, and this was just a just a bad headline for the Republicans, who just look like they're in total chaos.
0: Yeah, I have no use for Democrats. I have no use for. Matt Gates, no use for Kevin McCarthy. I really don't care what happens with any (laughs) of them, because nothing good happens when they're in office anyway. So it doesn't matter. But I love to when they are put their hypocrisy out on display. Right. And what amazes me is how many people just don't see it because it's so crystal clear. And it reminds me, and I may have told you this before, about twelve years ago or so, I read an article. in the Freeman from the foundation of economic education. It was an article by an economist named Michael Munger, and it was called something to do with unicorns. And his whole point was unicorns don't exist. So he said, whenever somebody talks to me about the government doing this or doing that, I tell them to replace government with the actual politicians, representatives, and bureaucrats that, you know, and then ask yourself the same question. Because hypothetically, yeah, we could say, well, government's, whoa, great. But when we look at it, what we actually get are your Matt Gaetz's, your Kevin McCarthy's, your Donald Trump's. And, you know, the whole slew of Democrats who were grandstanding. This guy did this and he did like they wouldn't all do the same thing if the shoe was on the other foot. And it's just reprehensible. But you know what, Jim? Ultimately, the blame falls back always on the sainted American people. I the American people want the American. This is what the American people want. They may not know it, but ultimately they what does what Congress got? A ninety percent re-election rate or, or something ridiculous like
1: that? Right. And a 10% approval rate. <laughs> so <laughs> you got the, you ask them do you the, the one of the least approved of in groups in the the, America, is the United <laughs> States Congress yes. and yet the vast majority of them get reelected they have this incumbency advantage you're absolutely right but well, think of how how dysfunctional our system is sixty some percent of the American people do not want Trump to be the president seventy some percent of the people don't want Biden to be the president and yet each of the major parties is hell bent they're front <laughs> runner they're going to jam through someone for the, each of the major parties. That a clear majority, two thirds of the American people don't want either of them. (laughs) Go figure. That's a serious uh, dysfunctional issue here. It seems to me. Yes. That's why Robert Kennedy's or the you know no labels people are out there saying I'm going to do the independent thing, or Professor Cornell West is going to run for the Green Party. When you got those, I think there could be a powerful third party or independent challenge this time because the parties are hell bent on nominating someone the clear majority of the Americans don't want in there. Talk about dysfunctional, but you're absolutely right. I mean, what is H- the great Henry Louis Mencken, the sage of Baltimore once defined democracy as the theory that says people know what they, the theory of government that says people know what they want and deserve to get it good and hard. <laughs> And you're absolutely right. It's the American people and the American voter, at the end of the day, who gets the blame here. Um, uh, of course, it's their educators. It is the it is the ideas they're taught. It's the professors and intellectuals and artists and journalists who are leading them down this path that are uh, get even more of the blame. But human beings, even ordinary people like you and me. We have a responsibility to think for ourselves and as respond before we go in and punch some ballot, some vote, know what the hell we're doing when we do that. Otherwise, we get exactly a a democracy is the state where you get the government that you deserve. And by and large, see, I don't think the election was stolen from Trump last time. I think nor do I think it was stolen when Trump won, despite what Hillary said. I think they're both wrong and people are just getting the crappy government that they voted for.
0: Absolutely well we've got some super chats we've got Bonnie Bertrand for 99 cents thank you very much Bonnie Jonathan Honig for 299 thank you as well and then Zion Perez for ten dollars and he says unveiling bureaucracy and identifying the root of the issue with my favorite duo great program and thank you very thank much. You. And on the, the that note, of favorite duo, perhaps we should run for president and vice, vice president. I'll give you the top of the ticket.
1: <laughs> and I and hey, do it. And I, I won't pull an did. Aaron Burr.
0: I won't pull an Aaron Burr and try and try.
1: No, but the thing is, I think you and I could come together with a platform of issues that would probably be the correct priority and the correct issues. And uh, but, you know, Michael, I think what our problem is what we were just talking about, the people getting what they want. I don't think the American people would elect us dog catcher right now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> But but you got to remember, there's also the people that would be on our side that would say, well, you know, Liebowitz, the way he dotted his eye, that's not exactly correct. I don't know if I could support that. You know, (laughs) and did you see Jim today, the way he pronounced such and such? I don't know if that's going to cut it. You you mentioned Henry Louis Menken. I believe he said something to the effect of you'll never go broke betting on the stupidity of the American people. He said something like that.
1: He but was a little rec- more cynical than I than I tend to be, but on the other hand, has history panned out to me? Well, pretty much what he describes. Sure. Yeah,
0: well, and you know, it's interesting because uh, to tie in all the things you just said and we've been talking about democracy, hypocrisy, and inactive government. I mean, in, in the Federalist Papers, they talked about you don't want to have a government that can get things done. You want gridlock. You want competing factions. To stop things from going, which is why they didn't create a democracy, or, you know, simple majority rule. But back to the hypocrisy, for as long as I followed public politics, I've heard conservatives, Republicans say this is not a democracy. It's a constitutional republic. And I always agree. They're absolutely right. And they say, you know, they and they defend the Electoral College on those grounds. The other day I heard Tucker Carlson and he talked about how these people are trying to get Trump off the ballot. I think he's referring to the 14th amendment challenge that he's not eligible because of January 6th, but Tucker Carlson says that's not how democracy works and democracy. The people choose. Well, hold on. If it is a constitutional violation, the people don't get to override that. We don't have a democracy. Right. We don't have majority rule, but all of a sudden because it fits the narrative that Tucker Carlson wants, we're going to go with that. And that is just back to the hypocrisy. And it's writ large, Jim. It's the politicians. It's the conservative media. I mean, the left wing media, I, I've always seen them as they're left wing. I know what I'm going to get. But the right wing media has so fallen in line for Trump. I, I you know, what are we going to end up with? I mean, they're calling for Trump. I don't know if you know this, but there's people out there saying he should be the Speaker of the House.
1: Right. They're gonna, there's, he was nominated before. He's, they're gonna nominate, someone on the floor of the house is gonna nominate him for speaker. The speaker doesn't have to be an elected member. No. There's nothing in the constitution that requires that. They could nominate anyone. They really, they wanted to be the speaker of the house. And the speaker of the house is a powerful figure. That speaker controls what comes to the floor for a vote or not. And they really yeah. they can do committee stuff without a speaker. They have an interim speaker right now, but they really can't bring anything to the floor for a vote until they decide on a speaker you know, you're absolutely right. We do not live in a democracy. The framers would have been horrified at the idea absolutely. of a raw, pure democracy. Our Bill of Rights begins, in fact, the most important thing about our system is its defense of individual rights. Against it Against majorities. Congress shall yeah. make no law. I don't care if you have a 90% majority, a 99% majority, Congress shall make No law. And there's a whole bunch of things. In fact, that's the open ended thing. And the things you can do are the specified limited. We've discussed this on a couple of different occasions before. So the whole idea is first of all, government is an extremely limited thing. It can't do most things. Most things are beyond its power, even. So democracy is shackled right there. But look at all the institutions we have that you mentioned that slow down and thwart democracy. The Senate is totally undemocratic. Uh, North Dakota and Wyoming. Uh, have just as many senators as New York and California, despite the population differences. I mean, I think they have one elected representative from those states, Wyoming, and two senators, whereas of course there's dozens of Congress people over New York and California, and only two senators. It's totally, the Electoral College weights things in that by counting up both the House representatives, which are proportioned by population, and the senators, giving an extra weight to the smaller states uh, in their choice for president. All of that is totally, you know, the Supreme Court in, in enforcing the Constitution and the rights, totally undemocratic. We, we live in a, a system which is designed to slow down. And they consider the rules of the Senate. They had filibusters. They have these rules in favor of unanimous consent. Boy, they have slowed down. And that is the glory of our system and what the framers intended. And in current days, Democrats are the ones attacking the Supreme. Let's change the Supreme Court or the Electoral College. Let's change the Electoral College or the Senate even. I've heard Democrats say it's undemocratic. Let's change that. And now you got Donald Trump Doing and the Republicans joining in, just as you pointed out, in attacking our basic institution. You got Tucker Carlson advocating for fascist democracy. (laughs) It's not that system, uh, Tucker. We have a which was designed by our framers to hamstring the government, Uh, and thank goodness for that.
0: I need to get you on Tucker Carlson to say that's not our system, (laughs) Tucker. We we have we have another super chat from Robert Nasser. $2, $2, he says, Valiant but 2024, the only rational choice. We might be on to something there. He says, be on he, yeah. he says, also, people don't want Trump. If U.S. was a democracy, Hillary would have been a president. So would Al Gore, and so would whoever it was that ran against Grover Cleveland. I can't remember right now.
1: But well, the, Nixon thank, might have been you, president you Robert, 1960, but yeah. well, I'm not sure about those particular elections. I think that Trump beat Hillary. I not think- in the
0: popular vote.
1: Not, oh, not in the that, pop. That's oh, what we talking about. You're oh, we have numerous voters. cases. Yeah, we have multiple yeah. cases where popular vote, and you know, there have been cases of corruption, even where even some of these accusations of illegitimacy may be true. The 1960 election, sure. it looked to be like Chicago's political machine got President Kennedy elected in 1960, but that may be the only one where I can, I'm confident about that. But in terms of popular vote, absolutely. There have been numerous, I think George- the last one was, uh, apart from Trump was, George W. Bush, uh, he beat Al Gore. Yeah. So within just everyone's lifetime, who's hearing me right now, we've had two presidents elected, became president without the popular vote. That's the American system, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing in the Constitution that even says the citizenry gets a vote for president.
1: Oh, absolutely! It's up to the states. It's only because it's the state legislatures that can decide how their electors are picked. Absolutely, it's only because all fifty states have decided to have popular elections that there are elections for president. It doesn't have to be popular election at all. You're absolutely right.
0: So, Jim, I want you to put your Nostradamus hat on for for a minute here and give me a prediction. What is going to happen with this speakerless house how long till they get a speaker who's it going to be I can't imagine many people would want it. I, I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want it anyway.
1: Oh, but. Uh, yeah. Well, I ran, you know, when someone asked her, I think it was Playboy magazine asked her, would you ever consider becoming a politician? Her response was, I trust you don't hate me enough to wish, which such a fate upon me. <laughs> and so my only, my only thing about us running for president is it would be probably a miserable time for both of us, <laughs> But, you know, the truth is you ask a very practical question. Who do I think it's going to be? Probably Steve Scalise, Um, maybe Donald. That would be great. He'd be the first black Speaker of the House. And he's a senior Republican um, uh, or Jim Jordan from Ohio. He's extremely popular. But these guys are basically of the same ilk as McCarthy. So they all. So they all. Uh, and guess what? These eight uh, nuts who kicked out McCarthy, they said, oh, yes, yeah, Scalise would be cool with us. Jim Jordan be cool with us. Well, then why the hell did you do it? Because by next week, they'll have a new speaker and we'll be pretty much back to, you know, uh, status quo ante the situation it was before uh, and uh, pretty much the same results will happen. Only Matt Gates will have given the Republican Party a black eye and himself the personal headline he wanted. Uh, so I don't see much practical effect, but I predict someone like uh, Scalise or Jim Jordan will probably get it and get it by next week sometime.
0: And I think it's going to have a detrimental effect on the the Republican electoral prospects next time. I I just right or wrong. People don't like to see this. It just seems so dysfunctional on top of everything else that's wrong with government. Like it just it's so and for the what reason, you, you know what I mean? Like
1: exactly
0: for what? To to accomplish what end? And you don't even have a plan on who to... It's not like they... You know, at least when the mob killed Paul Castellano, they knew they wanted Gotti. You (laughs) know what I
1: mean? Like... They didn't they have, kill him. They, a, yeah. they didn't a little, little kill more kill the guy and say, "Oh, wait a second. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are we going to do?" Yeah. But you're right. It's a black guy that's going to hurt the Republicans generally. On the other hand, the net effect of it, I'm not sure of because if these recent polls are any indication, Joe Biden and the Democrats are in uh, uh, serious trouble too for a, re- a whole host of reasons. So, can I make a prediction about the outcome of the elections next year? Sure. It's a year away. It's a year away. I'm not going to make a prediction yet, uh, but it uh, because, like I say, a third party candidate for president. And why did you a-
0: ask if you can make the prediction? You said, "Can I make a prediction?" I said, "Go ahead." And then you asked
1: me <laughs> to no, do it. I'm telling you, I'm not going to do can that. In fact, make a prediction. And I'm saying, I, metaphysically oh, oh. cannot make a prediction. <laughs> I'm simply incapable.
0: Oh, it was a rhetorical question. <laughs>
1: rhetorical okay. question. You well, asked I thought me you were asking me. Capable.
0: I'm saying, well, why do you ask if you can make a
1: Oh, I'd be willing to throw. You know, Yogi Berra's right. Uh, predictions are hard, especially about the future. <laughs> but no, I'm not going to even be that cowardly. Sometimes I'll make a prediction. I predicted Joe Biden would win at about this time in relation to the Trump election. I predicted Trump would win at about this time in relation to the Hillary Clinton election. This time, and I was right. But this time, I am not. Do not have that confidence. I do not know what the outcome of the election about a year from now is going to be at this stage. Check in with me in about six months and maybe I'll be Nostradamus, an accurate Nostradamus as I often am about these things. This time I'm not, I don't have the cojones to make it's a prediction. the worst
0: two guys. It's, it's insane. I, like the only one that can, it, it seems to me that can beat Biden would be, I mean that the only one, the only Republican that Biden can beat is Trump And the only Democrat Trump can beat is Biden. And yet, these two parties full of jabronis are going to nominate these guys.
1: Exactly. Exactly. You said it brilliantly. Well,
0: Jim, it has been an awesome conversation. Uh, Tonight, 6 p.m. UK time. And I got to tell you, all these different times are starting to drive me crazy when I got (laughs) interviews to do. I don't know, Central time, Pacific time. But anyway, 6 p.m. UK time. Uh, the reality show on our oil industry executives finally standing up for themselves. No, that can't be right. (laughs) Well, Oh yeah. I'm sorry. We're on, I'm all screwed. We're on the daily objective. Yes. (laughs) 6.00 PM UK time. So coming up next, the reality show is going to be on our oil industry executives finally standing up for themselves. Then at 10 PM UK time, cutting edge with Lee Pearson Steve richens Bob Stubblefield and Dan Norton on how is consciousness more than a couch potato and <laughs> tomorrow Thursday at 7 p.m UK time the briefly objective is relaunching with a new video why altruism why altruism is evil and yes it certainly is and I guess for now that's it.
1: Well, thank you, Michael. This is all, as always, a fun and great conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you,
0: Brother Jim. It's been phenomenal.
1: Take care.